0: just send us an email use the contact button on our website retirementunlimited.com or just give our office a call our phone number is 951-684-7011 yeah what i you know what i want to talk about is kind of what we want to bring to the listening audience is what we've been talking about for this entire week and that is of course the federal reserve is is increasing interest rates yeah because they want to slow down the inflationary factor. You know, the question is, how much higher will they go after this, after the, uh, you
1: know, the jump in this week? Right. And, like we just had an interest rate change this week. Right. the question is, is this it? Is there more? And we've yeah. been talking in the office, when does the the inflation peak? When right. does interest rates have to stop going up? And we don't know. I mean, nobody, nobody knows that exactly, but I think it's a a useful conversation to be keeping our eyes on the horizon to say what what's coming next
0: right and how does it affect the holdings i mean obviously bonds are coming under pressure because interest rates are rising we've shortened the duration of bonds but as we tell our clients just hold tight because bonds will heal they automatically move towards maturity and so you'll get paid off the full principal and you'll receive the interest during the time but it it does represent a percentage of the market value. Mm-hmm. The market value adjusts up and down, and we've seen that within portfolios. But when you take the bonds out of it, the equities that we've selected have actually held up pretty well.
1: Yeah, because been... we've
0: moved more to value, right?
1: Right, we moved to value, and we're having bonds that were were harmed. You know, most of right. this year, but they'll they'll recover. You guys are listening to Retirement Unlimited, uh, the show where we talk about life's hard financial questions to help you make sense of the world and make smart decisions with your money. Uh, Randy and I are both certified financial planners. I'm also a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricor Advisors where we help our clients just get excited about their finances. I mean, that's, that's a hard thing to say, to get excited about finances. But I mean, when you lay out someone's future, um, it, it goes from a burden and a struggle to being exciting. And that's that's what we do.
0: You know, this year, it's it's been uh, a lot of adjustments. People yeah. have, were some were prepared. Some people panicked, went to cash. Um, some people stayed in their, they kind of put their, pedal to the metal, so to speak, and they've stayed in, um, you know, what I call the growth stocks Yeah, and they've been hit harder. I mean, I yeah. think the rebalancing was really important to have that. But I, I look at, you know, we've had discussion in our office and we do it all the time. We have yeah. it with just besides, you know, besides you and I, we have it with other key individuals. Mm-hmm and um there's there's kind of a difference of opinion on whether or not we're going to have a hard landing or a soft landing
1: yeah um, and, and so for, as a lot of people know you know a hard landing is when the, the fed goes too far right. and the economy just comes down crash into a recession and then the idea of a soft landing is that the fed will get it right they'll they'll taper interest rates or they'll, they'll increase rate interest rates bring down the economy just to the right spot and then they'll 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 change everything, and we'll take off again. Yeah. The economy will be healthy. I mean, to be candid, we've never had a soft landing. Right, the Fed has never done it. And so the idea that to say, "Yep, we're in we're in store for a soft landing," is it, harder. But at the same time, there's we're different. We're different than we've ever been. Right. We, we have right. unemployment rates that are better than we've ever had. You know, we have home equity that is better. We have you know in existing fact, fact, savings. A fun fact:
0: I was I was talking looking at charts and they're trying to compare what the risk is to real estate, you know, because real estate's gone up dramatically. But one of the key factors is the mortgage. In other words, the loan to value ratio. What percentage of the
1: equity is encumbered? Mm. Like like what percentage of my home do I own and how much is it has a mortgage? Correct.
0: So that loan to value ratio is what we refer to that as. Um, But the loan to value ratio is at the lowest level since about 1955. Hmm. So that means that most homeowners across the board, and that's taking into account those people that own their home free and clear, and those people who just bought a home, let's say within the last year, is actually at a very, very low level. So that means the real estate value should hold up really well, even as we move into a recession.
1: Yeah, so they're sitting on equity. So you're saying a lot of people are sitting on equity. That's probably different from 2008, 2009, where I feel like the lending, like the, the home equity line of credits, the HELOCs and the second mortgages, we're just keeping pace with everybody. So if any right. any dip in in home prices would pe- cause people to go underwater in their homes. Right. Whereas right. it sounds like what you're saying, you know, compared to the 1950s to now, we're in the best spot of having money sitting in our houses, in our homes, yeah, that's the, not leveraged. Yeah, and
0: the other thing too is the amount of money that households have.
1: Mm. We're sitting,
0: I mean, typically there's about $1 trillion of excess savings or money. That's across all households across the United States. Right now, we're sitting on almost two trillion dollars, mm. and so there's a lot of excess liquidity, and that's going to go a long way to stabilize. Yeah. Um, you know, co- they're going to continue to buy things. I guess yeah, well, what I wonder saying. how
1: it feels for households. You know, to, there's some households who are struggling. Yeah, you know, right, absolutely. You know, sure. prices have gone up. We were just talking this last week that uh, my wife and I were looking at buying lunch meat, and it was notably higher than it had been before. It's so like, well, like, I guess we'll skip it. Like, we'll we'll, we'll opt to something different. Right. But I wonder how many households. Are really struggling and how many of them just feel they have to dip into savings i imagine mm-hmm. there's a lot of folks who don't like the higher prices don't well, like higher gas. Or a credit card right oh sure if either dip into savings or they have credit cards to kind of have that available credit I and mean, credit cards they come back right that <laughs> that debt comes back the next month but i i wonder as people who are listening and as we talk to how many of them what, what they're feeling because i know a lot of conversations i've been having they feel the pump yeah. you know the gas pump they feel those prices they feel the food increases but i don't know that very many of our clients at least are struggling in the sense they don't have the money to do it they just didn't want to spend money on that
0: i think it's sticker shock i mean when you walked into the grocery store I, I did the same thing when i walked in and i saw you know cottage cheese and i saw cottage cheese jump and i compared that to the store brand yeah you know versus a name brand and i went oh i think i'll buy the store brand yeah and even though i could afford the other i, I just felt that sticker shock um it it, it just kind of shocked yeah. it's like filling up your car with gas right a few months ago that that went all the way to a hundred dollars
1: yeah no a lot of people were going just past 100 bucks and that's that's painful it when is. you're used to saying okay i spend 70 on a full tank now you're spending over a hundred dollars well part of what i want to talk about today too is is you know, as we take all these ideas of the of the, the markets and the recession and we look at people who are retiring and last week we spoke about we spoke about um retirement streams of income you know right. social security required minimum distributions and this year this week we kind of want to talk about um how much can you spend right. you know there's a different there's a number of different metrics that we'll talk through of, of that impact you life. but the hard part i find is you look online and you get these rules of thumb and they are so calculators right or calculators that's so
0: you plug in the numbers and it says okay this is what you could take out this is what your rate of return i mean it, it's yeah, it's pretty much one and done, and, I, yeah. and we, have, we have trouble with that. Yeah, and
1: they're drastically wrong, I mean, on a regular basis. So some of the, I'll just run through them real quick, but, you know, what your health is and what right. it's going to be, right. that, that's hugely impacting mm-hmm. the timing of retirement. I mean, here, you know, the, the, what we look at, you know, anywhere from, say, 62 to 70 is a given range, and that's a dramatically different, because you think every year that you continue to work, you're earning more income, and you're not spending your existing income. So it's a double swing. So those working years are different. Social security, when and where, that's always a discussion. You're risk tolerant. Some folks want the money in the bank and they just want to sit there. Yeah, and they don't want any risk.
0: And I think it's important to know that, I mean, as you step into retirement, you're fearful of risk, right? Because yeah. you're not earning, you're not, putting, you're not accumulating, you're not putting money back in.
1: Right. You've cut that working cord and it's it's tough. Yeah. And,
0: I, and it's, it's, it's a tough conversation with yeah. people to say, no, you can't just put money in the bank and think that you're going to be able to accomplish all your goals. In fact, the ratio if we look back at it, you have to reduce dramatically the amount of withdrawals that you take out. If that's the economic position that you've taken is that I want no risk. For example, going into CDs or fixed annuities or something like that, you're gonna end up with a a much lower rate of return over
1: your lifetime. That's right. So we did health timing, social security, risk tolerance, spending over time. Some people want to fill some bucket list items. We want to take that big trip. And the last mm-hmm. one being what you pass on kind of quest. So all those together, we're going to talk through each one of those in a bit, but just as a general thing, we, we, we took an example of someone who's six years old today, they have $750,000 in uh, their retirement account. That, right. That's where they're at. So best case scenario, all, all these are, are to, the, to the extended version. You know, they work till they're 70, they take social security later, they're willing to be aggressive. Right. You know, this could put them in a position where they're having $8,731 of income each month in retirement. So, so r- just over eight grand.
0: So- And and for most households, if they have no debt off dollars a month is sufficient
1: for Mm -hmm. most households. Yeah, well, that's right. On the flip side, if they do all these, you know, six categories we have on the negative side, you know, they're they're really serious about leaving at least something to their kids. They have poor health, they want to retire now. This brought it all the way down to two thousand eight hundred and ninety a month. And so the thing about living on just under three grand. Yep. It's a massive swing. And that's why these calculators, you know, the calculators ask you what's your interest rate? How much do you think the market's gonna return? Yeah, you know, people don't know. but, we, You know, you can't. <clears throat> excuse me, you can't project that. We talk what's going to be.
0: Yeah, we talk a lot about you know planning by the numbers. In other words, target. And we have what we call a target rate of return and a required rate of return. And it is it's not a hard and fast number in the sense that one year you come in and you set the requirements and then it's all done for the yep. rest of your life it, it just doesn't
1: work that way No, it way. moves and you know we have an economists we work with we have projections of what the market has done what we think it might do but to put that in a calculator that someone who's interested in retirement can just bump the number a little bit oh if i get 7.2 percent, oh look everything's gonna be right. fine that's i think dangerous so let's, let's talk about these as we go through i mean health the health category to me is a big one. Healthcare delivery is better than it's ever been. Right. You know, as far as health, this is the best time to be alive because we can do better than we've ever done, but it's expensive. And most people I, I talk with want to age in place, which means at some point- That cost is going to go up. Right. They, they might need some right. nursing. They need some in-home care, which is great that we can have that. But that, that's a, a question. And, and for some people, it's known. You know, they have a chronic issue they were dealing with. Others, they don't know until they get there. You know, right. they're looking to retire. And at 80, they may have some concern. So health, you know, is open. We always want to plan for it. Timing, to me, that's the biggest planning lever is timing.
0: Yeah, and again, I think we have a lot of discussion, like on Social Security. When do you take Social Security or not? But you have to realize if you take Social Security at seventy-two versus at seventy,
1: or yeah, seventy, yeah, for Social Security.
0: If you delay your Social Security until seventy, your income differential is seventy-seven percent difference. Yeah, Yeah,
1: from sixty-two all the way to seventy. Yeah, it is
0: a huge. Gap.
1: Yeah. So if you start early,
0: you've locked into that lower payout, and then of course the the response that most people give us, and you and I've been in meetings. Well, what happens if I die? Yep. And and then my response coming back is that most of us are going to live longer than we realize because going back to your comment, okay. healthcare, yep, it's healthcare better. delivery, and if you're somebody who's who doesn't have a pre-existing condition, your your health is pretty steady. Uh, most likely you're going to live well. you can live well past the age that you think you're going yeah, to Yeah, and Social right?
1: Security, the break, I mean, it's different for everyone, but roughly 83 years old is is the break-even when right. we do the math for a lot of folks. If you live past that, you're better to delay. Timing and Social Security, those those go together. How long do you work? And then to me, that's the, that's the real planning, you know, right. and we model for people, you know, this is what happens if you retire at 67. This is what it looks like if you retire at 68 and walk through that. The other one is risk tolerance. And this one is, is, is harder, especially in a down economy. Yeah. People who are retiring right now, I feel like they the head, are in a hard the head, moment. The
0: headlines scare you.
1: Yeah. And they say, I have this nest egg. I'm, I'm watching it go down. I'm seeing it. I just want to move to cash. And in the, the short term, that might feel safe. And that might feel secure. But, but, but genuinely, you know, this money doesn't all just get used the moment you retire. This money is for twenty years, and to have a twenty-year investment horizon means you can weather a number of storms. So you know, we shouldn't put all of it into this more aggressive bucket. But we've have a number of clients. We'll put a portion of it. To say this, this bunny, this you know three hundred thousand. You're not going to touch it for at least ten, maybe even twenty years. So let's make it more aggressive and let it grow. So when you go to use it, it's not just matched inflation; it's mm-hmm. actually grown to improve your lifestyle.
0: Yeah, and everybody's bias. You know, it's really interesting when you sit down and talk with somebody. Their political bias. Their their job bias their you know how they see the world i mean they bring all Mm -hmm. that into the conversation and it's our job to i suppose flatten out some of the some of the more sticky parts Mm -hmm. and say i understand how you feel but the realistic aspects are this is what's going to happen over the next several years for you and if you get too conservative or you get too aggressive you could have some real disappointments down the road. Yeah,
1: that's right. And and our job is to I think inform people. Right. And you know, give them the all the details and advise them what we feel is the best choice for them, but also to let them make their choice. Right. We've had clients who say, I hear what you're saying, I understand all that, and I still want to choose this. And right. then that's acceptable if it's still a reasonable thing to choose. But we walk through it. So the other one is spending over time. I think this is a great one. Um I, I'm usually when people's planning comes out well, you know, everything makes sense, you're gonna have plenty of money, you've you've done well man, now's a moment, you're both healthy. If it's a married couple, you're both healthy, you have the means, do some things. You know, Do the things you've been putting off. Yeah, do
0: it now, don't wait until you're 80. Yes. You know, There's some things that you want to do and travel is a big part of that. I know personally, uh, travel has become more burdensome
1: for me. Mm. Travel is just
0: not fun anymore. Yeah, And um, it seems like I'm hearing that same thing from other people. Yeah, so, at certain ages. And that, yeah. that's
1: a good comment to say, do it now while you can, because you might not want to later and right. you might not be able to later. Of course, you have to make sure you can afford it, but that's a big one. And then the last one is kind of the bequest, the idea that what do you want to pass on? I, I feel generally phase one of planning is to make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. Make sure you, as the person who earned the money, you've said a number, to a number of clients, that no one will appreciate this money as much as you will. Right. Like, you're, Sure, your kids yeah. want it. Sure, your kids would appreciate that, your grandkids. But no one worked as hard as you did. No one right. saved as hard as you did, sacrificed as hard as you did to get this money. So you will appreciate this money more than anyone else. And if there's leftovers at the end, fantastic but that i mean that's my perspective other people will say no I, I really want to make sure my kids get x amount of dollars and that we put into the planning and that just backs out a little bit of what you can spend in retirement and it's a good safety net you know right. just people say unless right. i need it i want this but um yeah i think the quest is an interesting one to plan in
0: well let's take a break right now because i've got some ideas regarding um, charitable giving and things like that based upon cash flows and stuff yeah. like that so we'll take a break right now
1: 8371.
0: Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.
1: AM590, the answer.
0: This is Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee, and you're listening to Retirement Unlimited. We're here to discuss some of life's hard financial choices. And hopefully this is informative. If you'd like to know more about what we're talking about today, you can either uh, email us at retirementunlimited.com or just give us a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. So, you know, kind of taking off what we talked about and and I'm doing this with a lot of clients right now, particularly those clients that are charitable. And it comes off of a biblical understanding of building another storehouse Mm. you know everybody kind of remembers the parable you know from the bible that says you know the guy that had all this money and had all these crops and what he did is he built another storehouse. didn't know
1: what to do and said i might as well build a bigger barn yeah
0: and and the biblical reference is that he was condemned for that Mm. because he he took more so i've been thinking about that over the last six months or so And is it wrong to just accumulate more than you need or more than you want? I I don't think so, but I do believe there's a state. There's a there's a time in your life where just adding more on top, just like what I call stacking cordwood. It doesn't benefit anybody. Mm -hmm. And when you die, it's it's going to go to whoever It's going to go to your heirs. It's going to go to charity. It's going to go. So therefore, I've taken the I've taken the role. I've taken a good hard look, not only my own personal life, but also for clients. Is that we can budget we know what it costs you to live Mm -hmm. and if the income that you receive from your pension your investments your required minimum distributions all of those exceed and it doesn't really change your uh financial base in other words the amount of money that you have accumulated doesn't really change but instead of adding on top of that and continuing to build that that's the money should probably be given away Mm -hmm. and if you're over if you're 70 you can give away directly from your required minimum distributions to the charity potentially it could help to reduce your cost on medicare
1: yeah uh, medicare, medicare as well costs. as taxes yeah and that's a great thought of you know often people think who am i going to give this to when i pass away?" I, you know also being an attorney i do a lot of estate planning i always encourage people to think in your life right like your grandkids may not they'll be done with college they'll be done with their first home they'll be done with all these things probably by the time you pass away so right. if you want to have a hand in helping them get through college Helping them get into their first home, you know, mm-hmm. thinking all that support you might want to give your family, you know, if you wait till just do it at your death, it, it could be economically efficient, but right. it's not the best timing. But then also, like you're saying, if you know, if you've already set aside resources for yourself and for your family, that's reasonable. Yeah, why why hold on this when there's a lot of good that can be done? And to say rather than like your comment, rather than take a big chunk of your um, what you have and give that away, but just say each year, if you have surplus, let's look to give that. Let's live yeah. to put that to work.
0: And I don't, I don't ever want to make somebody feel guilty because they have too much. You know, if they've worked really hard, let's say they sold a the business. Yeah. But I think after you do all the analysis and it comes back and it says, I don't need more than X, whatever X is for that person. Um, then is it important for you to build on top of that? I mean, is that what your goal is?
1: Well, to be able to shift in that time of life as well to say, what matters to me? What's significant? What um, organizations are doing good in the world that I want to be a part of? And Mm -hmm. it's not some people just want to write a check and be done. But a lot of people, they want to be on a board. They want to be engaged in their community. They have good ideas. They've worked a whole career and they want to put resources behind that. And that's a wonderful spot for someone to be in, in their, you know, say 73 year old to say i care about this i'm engaged with my time i feel i'm contributing to society making it better and i'm using my kind of surplus resources to really fund this stuff so
0: yeah and that's better that's than great. giving it to the government and distribute they, they take more taxes and they distribute it through their means i, I just think it's more targeted and you're going to be able to observe exactly how that money is being used before you pass away before yeah. you pass it on so. so good
1: that's great well let's shift a little bit we've been talking in the office about solar and i just want to talk about a little bit here on the radio um you know people talk about should i put solar in my house you get the phone calls i do at least I, well they're yeah.
0: on automatic dial so they're just dialing in right. i get probably about two or three you calls want to call this.
1: My, my dad put solar on probably over 10 years ago put solar right. on their house but he didn't lease it he didn't use the government program he just bought it because he wanted the the earned back he didn't want it to be on his property taxes so I know you've been looking at solar I mean what are yeah. some of the things that you are excited about what are some of the things that you're worried about
0: well again I think for me it was looking at the price point and I always look at it what's the value and for for decades I've looked at solar and I thought this is the payback is just too long hmm. now it's starting to make sense yeah uh, if you take the tax credit which is a thirty percent so all your costs for solar batteries whatever you have a thirty percent tax credit and for those of you who don't understand that that's a big deal because yep. a tax credit is not, it comes right off your tax due. So if you owe five thousand or ten thousand dollars, 30% of your purchase could reduce or eliminate your taxes for that year that
1: yep. you're putting it in. Yeah, that's great. And if you were talking about even putting a battery in, which you just mentioned, which you know, 10 years ago was not really a thing, right? Whereas now we had a recently had a power outage and we came over to your house, you know, because our neighborhood was out, yours was still on. But the idea being if you had a power outage and you had you know enough batteries or the right type of battery you may be unaffected
0: what what i found out batteries are very expensive Mm. and when you look at the again i look at cost cost benefit and to go spend 17 to twenty thousand dollars to to extend your battery use you can't you can't extend on the air you can't use your air conditioning for that battery oh sure you, you can keep your lights on your refrigerator working and such as that and at the most you might be able to get about anywhere from three to five hours. So if it's okay. a hot, like, yeah. like when you came over, it was like really hot outside. Uh, we couldn't have done Not, not as useful. Yeah. Interesting. And so it, to go to that second layer, it, it costs almost double to have that that second battery wow. pack.
1: So it's, Which it's, would it's pretty expensive. That is, makes sense. And some of the things we've talked about is when you're buying and selling a house, you know, a, a survey we read talked about most buyers kind of neutral. Right. If there's solar on the roof, they don't feel, Hey, that's amazing. I mean, they think, Hey, maybe lower utility bills, but is the roof okay? Right. You know, there's those questions. Whereas it seems like sellers feel, hey, I put you know X amount of dollars into this. Right. This is valuable. Sellers are going to love this, and you know whether or not you get that back. But it does seem for your own economics to say, you know, if I'm trying to pay off my mortgage in retirement, if you know, I know I'm going to have my property taxes. If I put solar on, my utility bills come down. I mean, there's some benefits
0: there. Yeah, I think I think primarily for me, it's it's uh, the system pays itself off. What I was looking for is a price point of about seven years, mm. and so with the tax credit, I know that whatever I put on there, based upon a reasonable uh, number of panels that I'm putting on. I can get a payoff within about seven years. That to me is a pretty that's a that's a better deal. Yeah. Because I was looking at it just a decade ago, the payoff was close to twenty years, and I thought, no, I'm not going to
1: yeah, spending that money. Yeah. So no, that's anyway. great. No people are talking about this, and we, we have clients talk about solar, but you know, just to add that in. Um, if, if anyone out there, if you missed part of this episode, you can find the full thing on our website. It's retirementunlimited.com, or you can find us on YouTube under Tricord Advisors. And if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, you can go to our website retirementunlimited.com use the connect link and leave us a comment or you give our office a call it's 951-684-7011
0: until next week folks i hope you grow in wisdom and knowledge thank you for listening License number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your
1: concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org.
0: Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors
1: Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.